you would this morning, turn with me to the book of Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. We'll start a reading there in verse 1. I love this passage of Scripture. I've preached this passage of Scripture um, not very long ago. And as I studied this week the, in just my Bible study time, I, I went back to this passage of Scripture and it brings joy to my heart every time I see this passage of Scripture and how uh, God has moved in this valley of the dry bones. It's very impressive to me. I prepared a sermon and I struggled with it. Uh, then I turned, uh, the Lord laid upon my heart, impressed upon my heart that this is where I need to be. And then I fought back. Uh, Satan's attacked me in that. But this morning we're going to preach out of the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, of this valley of the dry bones. Looking there in verse 1 as we start there. The hand of the Lord was upon me, carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones. And caused me to pass by round about them. And behold, there were very many in the open valley. And lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy unto these bones. And say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. And I will lay uh, sinew upon you, and I will bring up flesh upon you, and I will cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone of his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came upon them, and skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon thee slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as I was command, uh, commanded me. And the breath came unto them, and they lived and stood up on their feet, an exceeding great army. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. I pray that your breath of life be so prevalent upon us. Lord, I pray that... God, the Holy Spirit, start moving in this, our midst, starting with me, Lord, that he would move in my heart this morning. With my sins confessed before you, I want to be effortless as I stand behind your pulpit. And Lord, I don't want to be hid behind the cross. I want to be put in front of the cross with your power and with your authority and your protection. And Lord, we're going to look at this passage in your word today and I pray that you through the moving of the Holy Spirit he would apply it to my heart that he would make me love you more than I love you right now through your word. And Lord, I pray that Satan be barred from this place. I pray for a protection against him that only you can give. And I pray that we worship you today in spirit and in truth. 
And it's in Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. This passage of Scripture, you can take this passage of Scripture and you can look at this valley of dry bones and I, I could make this passage out and I could see myself. It's this valley, Brother Joel, of dry bones. I'm in, a, I'm in a terrible shape because of what sin has put upon this body and actually being born of flesh. I was born into a, a, a sinful flesh that cannot atone itself. There is no good that I can do, anyone can do to get to heaven. And we could take this passage and we could say this is God looking over mankind, looking over the entire world and seeing the death of the flesh and just dry bones everywhere. And we could take that same text and say God in all of His mercy and all of His grace, He looked down and said, I can't leave man to that. I'm going to send a Redeemer. And He'll send His Son, His only begotten Son, and He'll die and resurrect those dead bones and live again. But that's not what we're doing. I could say, well, you know what? This is a national passage of Scripture. This is a passage of Scripture that you can say is a national sermon. And we could look at this passage of Scripture and say, man, I can see America in that. I can see how America is so divided today where hate is rampant. And everybody wants to point a finger at someone else instead of taking responsibility for their own actions. We can look at America today and say what an embarrassment that it is that our elected officials act the way that they do in their twisted thinking and their corrupt hearts. We could talk about the spiritual decay that's going on and how Satan has moved into the American homes and their alarm's been sounded and he's destroying them one by one. Daily. Then we could also say, but we can see why it would happen. Because we're killing our unborn. We're reaching into the womb and we're destroying them and trying to cover it up with a little better word called abortion when God says it's murder. We could say, well, this is a a national sermon. Well, I'm going to say this, God help us. God help us. And I could preach upon that, but that's not where I'm going with it. We're going to look and see this portion of God's holy word, his perfect word. How the nation of Israel is the church of this time. That's what you're seeing here. Uh, Jesus, uh, the word was given to the nation of Israel. They were the church of this time. God had chosen Israel to be the bearer of the light unto the entire world. They were a chosen people set aside. God had given them his word. And they were to be a witness of him among everyone. They were to tell people of who he was and who he is and how great of Lord that he is. But you know what they've done? They stopped obeying. They started doing things their own way. See, they started saying, you know what? Instead of this way, I'm going to do it this way. And they thought that they could do God's work within their own power. They thought they could carry out God's work with man's power. And they were not going to have to depend upon the Lord. And I'm going to tell you where that gets us today. We will fail in that. But not only will we fail in the plan when we think that we have the power and the authority to carry it out within ourselves, where we also fail in it, we fail our God not being obedient and seeking Him in it. We'll fail twice. In the plan. And today, 
there are hundreds upon hundreds upon thousands of churches that have done the exact same thing. Many churches today have lost their way. They've lost the, uh, the power, they've lost the passion, and they've lost the, uh, uh, the presence of God in their midst. And they're dead, dead, dead. That's sad, isn't it? Now I'm going to say, now don't, now don't get this wrong. You say, well, I don't know of a whole bunch of dead churches. Well, now let me say this. Now there are a lot of us. There's a lot of churches that, I mean, they have these fine-tuned plans now. I'm not saying that they're not planning. Oh, they got these fine... Today they have the most well-trained staffs ever. Seems like all they have staff training, staff meetings. Boy, they have the, uh, the, the great staff that's there this day and time. We have these great sound systems. We have wonderful media. We have excellent museum, uh, musicians and singers. But the lack of, we lack the power of the Holy Spirit of God. We lack the power and the authority of Him moving in our midst, which will move in such a way when God gets involved, when Jesus Christ starts moving and the Holy Spirit starts convicting, what happens in that? It will start moving and putting such a strength and authority that God rattles lost souls to compliance in His Word. That's what happens. But you know what else? It will start motivating. It'll start in, uh, empowering God's people to say that the God of Abraham, the God of David, the God of Apostle Paul is my God and I will serve that God. I will not be satisfied with anything less than an old-fashioned, sin-forsaking, Christ-exalting, devil-defeating, Holy Ghost revival. That's what I need. That's what you need. That's what we all need today. That's what's needed. That's what's needed right here, starting in my heart. That's what's needed today. But not only is it needed, it's expected, Brother Ricky. That's what God says we're to do right here at Calvary. That's what's expected of us. But for that to happen, there's certain characteristics that have to take place. For that to happen, there's certain things that have to happen. So the first thing is that we've got to be a servant. Got to be a servant. I want you to see this. Look there in verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of dry bones. Full of bones. Carried me. The hand of the Lord was upon me. Because mankind is the crown of God's creation, we are. God uses people. God uses people. I've heard uh, Dr. Herb Revis make the comment that. And he don't understand why because he said most people are as crazy as a termite and a wooden yo-yo. But God uses us in spite of ourselves. He uses us in spite of ourselves. But we see that uh, here in this passage uh, that this vision, Ezekiel's seeing, he's seeing that uh, God's going to use people. And he said that he, the hand was upon him and he carried me out. Nowhere do I see that Ezekiel come up with his own plan here. He said, the hand of the Lord's on me, and he carried me out. God uses 
people. Have you never noticed in your prayer life that something may be going on, something wrong, or even possibly you have a, a, a family member, a loved one somewhere that's not living right. And you know, we're always quick to say, Lord, I need you to intervene in their life. I need them to be changed. I need something to take place that's beyond my power and my authority. And I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. But I want to challenge you in something. Maybe first we need to say with our sins, confess, Lord, I need something to change in me that you can use me to change them for your glory. Lord, change me first. I have a loved one that's out here that's lost. Lord, use me in some way that I look so much like you that I do something in your name for your glory and you convict them with it. Well, ain't that a great prayer? Isn't that a great prayer? Well, we're real close, always uh, real quick. Lord, change them. Change them. I'm going to tell you today, for you to ever become a servant of God, you're going to have to get it real personal with you and you're going to have to say, Lord, I need some work. Lord, I need something to take place in my life. I need something to happen within me that I can't do within myself. I need you to move in my life. I need you to change me. That's what a servant is. Change me. First thing we see about this servant that he's called, he says the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit. You see, it wasn't about his own power. About his abilities. You know, I've said often, God does not need my ability to carry out his work. God wants my availability to carry out his work. And I don't have to depend upon my weakness of this flesh. I don't have to depend upon uh, my own authority. No, that's not what he does. He sets up his servants. He empowers them. What is needed in our churches is for God's redeemed children to surrender to the, uh, all things in our life that God has told us to do. To find out what God demands in our life by praying and the studying of God's word and by the power of the Holy Spirit's guidance over our life. Just do it. Just do it. Don't put a thought process. Don't try to plan it out. Just do what God has told us to do. Just do it. But you see, a, a servant is realistic. A servant's realistic. Look there in verse 2. And caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, they were very many in the open valley. And lo... They were very dry. Not only was there dry bones everywhere, it says they're very dry. I mean, it's very dry. It doesn't, there's no, looks like no hope for this. You see, a servant of God is truly realistic. It is bad out there. Amen. It is bad out there. There is a world that's slapped full of, of hatred and disgust. And most of the time it's always going to be bad out there. This place was dried up and about to blow away. But God is going to equip me. God is going to equip you. God is going to equip Calvary Baptist Church to change it. 
Change it. Yes, it's bad out there. But God's people have sat on padded pews in God's air conditioner and never carried out there. Well, it's time to move. It's time to be used. It's time to become the servant that we ought to be. So we've got to be realistic. But also a servant has to be teachable. But there in verse 3, with me. And he said unto me, Son of man. Now listen, God's fixing to ask him a question. Can these bones live? And look what he says. What this old preacher says. And I answer, O Lord God, thou knowest. He's saying, I don't have a clue. I don't have any understanding about what you're about to do. I just know I'm going to do what you told me to do. And I'll let you tend to your part and I'll tend to mine. That's what he's saying here. See, he's teachable. See, he didn't say, oh, I'm sure you won't tell you can do anything. That's not what he answered. He said, you know, I don't know. And I don't have to know because you know. That's what he's actually saying. I don't have to understand all the details of this. You tell me how it is. You tell me how to be used in it. You know, if you... Know everything, God cannot use you. If you have it all figured out, God won't be able to use you. You see, he's actually saying, I'm not here for me to tell you, Lord. I'm here for you to tell me. I'm here to be told what to do. If you read this whole passage of scripture, you'll never see one time where Ezekiel put his opinion into anything. He kept his mouth shut. He done as he was commanded. See that twice in this passage of scripture. Secondly, we have to be, there has to be servants. There needs to be servants in this, but also there mu- uh, we must have the word of God. Look there with me in verse 4. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. I'm going to say this. There is no substitute for the preaching of God's word. You're not going to find it. There's no substitute for the preaching of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ, the good news. There's nothing that can match it. There is no substitute for it. The word. The word preaching means to urge acceptance or abandon of an idea or course of action. Today you can turn on the TV and you'll hear some old boy sitting on there that's got on a $12,000 suit, and he'll tell you that if you'll just start doing these things, that God's going to bless you so. I mean, you're going to walk around here that life's just going to turn around. Uh, cartoon blue, uh, bluebirds are going to follow you everywhere you're going to go. God's just going to increase your bank account. You may not even have to pull over anymore and get gas. God's just going to fill it up for you. Life's just good. I've studied a bunch of the Word of God. And I've seen hard times on God's people. God's people have died on the uh, heads of bulls with lions pawing at the bull as a bull attacks lions in Roman Colosseums. 
They've been burned at the stake. They have been shot. And I'm not trying to give you something dim and grim, but I do know what the Word of God teaches. said they despise me, they're going to despise you. They persecuted me, they'll persecute you. If we're not getting any persecuting, something's not right. We don't look enough like Jesus to get persecuted. That's the fact of it. And today you will find these men that will stand up there and they will talk about how good God is and praise God He is. And they'll talk about all these great things that God will do uh, uh, for you. Well, I believe that it's time for God's churches to start rearing up and say, Lord, whatever it is, I'm going to do it for you. I know I don't have to pray to be blessed. You've always blessed me. If, I do, uh, if my blessings depended on me asking them, I wouldn't even be walking around right now. You're always looking over me because you love me. And I'm going to tell you, Lord, I'm just going to serve you. Just going to serve you. I say this. I believe the preaching of the gospel without substitute of anything else. I believe the preaching of the gospel is God-ordained. I believe the preaching of the gospel is, uh, is a great tool that God has given us to share Jesus Christ through this world. So I say this. This day and age that we have men worry about getting run off or saying something that's going to offend someone's grandmother or their mother, I believe it's time to put that aside. I believe it's time that preachers that are being called to the gospel just rear back and turn it loose, tell what God says whether you like it or not. That's what's needed in America today. But also the words got to be proclaimed. There in verse 5. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. Thus saith the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and ye shall live. See, the word must be proclaimed. The word of God is to be carried out to Monticello from here. The word of God is to be carried out into Drew County from here. It's to be carried into our state. It's to be carried uh, into our country. And it's to be carried out through the world. Through Calvary Baptist Church sitting right here. Yes, us. That's the Great Commission. That's what we're to do. See, it has to be proclaimed. It needs to be uh, carried out and uh, one thing and I'll commend Calvary Baptist Church has never backed up one time from sending monies anywhere not one time not one time if we backed up say there's a need we'll meet it God's blessed us financially we'll meet that need but it's time now to move into Jerusalem it's time for us to be here in Jerusalem and set forth a pattern, set forth a, a plan to reach this community for Jesus Christ by the proclaiming of His Word. But you see, the Word must be applied also. It has to be applied. Look there in verse 6. And I will lay sin you upon you and I and will bring you up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord you remember when Jesus Christ we preached just a uh, couple of weeks back about Jesus Christ in the wilderness you remember how he was able to resist Satan now we're talking God incarnate now we're talking all man but all God the God man do you remember what happened in this weak state here poor Satan in 
And he starts tempting the Son of God. You remember how Jesus Christ combated that? You remember what he done in that? He quoted the Word. He quoted the Word. Now, you remember... The word of God is the sword. But you start looking at all this in the book of Ephesians, this armament that we've given, all of them are defensive weapons except one. The sword of the Spirit, the word of God. You see, Jesus quoted the word. and You see what happened to Satan? You get to after that third temptation, he had to go, remember? He couldn't stay any longer. I believe that all of my shortcomings and all of my failures is due to the lack of knowing and applying God's Word in that situation. And I failed because I didn't know enough of the Word. Now, I'm not this prosperity preacher just say, you know what, if you'll just do this, God's going to bless you. No, I'm going to tell you what needs to happen. God's people need to quit wallowing in our situation and refuse to quit. I will, be an, I will not be overcome. No, praise God. He has set me up. He has set me aside. And I'm going to carry out God's purpose for my life just the way He willed me to carry it out. I'm, gonna, uh, not, I'm not going to wish for victory. I'm going to believe in the victory. I'm not going to hope for any, uh, a better day. No, I'm going to believe that my God will be with me, with me, through me, and I can do all things through Him that strengthens me. We want to wall around in self-pity. You see, the Word of God needs to be applied in our lives. We see we must be servants. We must have the Word of God to ever see revival. Now I'm going to tell you, here's the other ingredient of it. We must have the Holy Spirit. We must have the Holy Spirit there in uh, verse 3 says, And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And he answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Then look there in verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. So he done what he was told to do. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. A shaking. For these dead bones to ever start to live again, to see revival break loose, you see there has to be a conviction put upon God's people. And conviction comes through the moving of the Holy Spirit. And when conviction comes by the moving of the Holy Spirit, what the church will start doing, God's people need to start repenting of our disobedience, repenting of our neglect, repenting of our complacency. We need to repent, repent, repent. And when we get right with God, that's the ingredient to get there. Repentance. I love the way verse 7 starts out in there. It's a great lesson for us right there. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Not as God recommended. Nor was he commanded. So often I believe we like to say, I think God's telling me this. You know why? That way when we say, no, if I don't think he did, we don't have to do it. Many times if we use that, oh, I think the Lord's telling me to do something. Two weeks later, somebody said, well, how'd that turn out? Oh, I don't think he told me nothing. See, it makes it easy not to do it anymore. I'm just waiting 
somebody woke up and said, Lord told me to do this, man, I don't understand it. And preacher, you're looking at me like I've lost my mind too, but I'm just going to carry it out just the way God told me to do it because that's what he told me to do it and he's going to empower me to do it. And I'm going to say, praise God, let's just pray about it because you're right, I can't see it. But it ain't about what I can see, it's about what God's already said to you. Isn't that a great place for us to be? Wouldn't that be a great place for us to be? Not as you suggested, God. Not even as you recommended. Not even as I thought. No, as you commanded me to do, I'll just do it. We need to forget about a building, a church full of people. We need to get committed to get what's already here filled up. That makes sense. Let's not worry about just continually packing the pews. Let's worry about filling up what's already here with the moving of the Holy Spirit and get life into our church right now. Right now. When a church will just simply say, God, here I am. I want the Holy Spirit to move in a great and powerful way as he did at the time of Pentecostal. Do that in me right here, right now. I'm available for it, whatever the cost. That's what I desire. Right now. Look there in verse 7 again. And I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied... There was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bone came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinew and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin uh, covered them above, but there was no breath in them. You see, something happened here. They get covered up. They're gonna, they're, they look like they're alive. I mean, everything's restored. I mean, bones started coming back together, and there wasn't one bone misplaced. Everybody got their bones back. And the, uh, the, uh, God started putting sinew back, joining those bones, and then skin came upon them. But they were still dead. Still dead. You see, the Holy Spirit will uh, start getting and putting pieces in place for God to start pouring out His mighty power into the church. That's what you're seeing. The Holy Spirit's done started moving. He's starting to get things in structure. He's trying to get these plans in line so that God can show up and say, here it is. Here's my power. Here's my authority. Now carry it out. See, that's what happened here. See, the breath wasn't still there yet. Now they've come together. The Spirit's ready, getting them ready to come alive. Look there in verse 9. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind. Prophesy, son of man, and say unto the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, come from the four corners, O breathe and breathe upon these slain, that they might live. See, the Holy Spirit's got it all in line now. And all this has come together, things have moved into place, everything's setting on go, it's ready to happen right now. And then God tells him, said, I tell you what, I'm fixing to breathe. This is God breathed. Calvary Baptist Church, we will never be what God wants us to do or be until God breathes his power within us. We will always look dead on the inside. We'll look, uh, we may look good on the outside. But it'll take the moving of the Holy Spirit to start prepping us, preparing us, and then we'll have to cry out for an almighty God to breathe power into our lives to carry it out. That's what's happening here. See, this church right here, they're getting put together. 
Something big's fixing to happen here. Something real big's fixing to take place here. Look there with me in verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came unto them. And they lived and stood uh, up upon their feet an exceedingly great army. That's why he called them an army. I'm going to tell you what happened here. We're going to look at this church. See, this church got put back together here. Everything got put in place through the moving of the Holy Spirit. God's power has been in, uh, and His will has been laid upon this church, and they have a purpose to carry out now. Now, let me tell you what. We're going to look at this uh, the way that the passage is writing it out as far as we can interpret it as a church. We're going to say this was a church. This church has been sitting here for 30 years and is dead as a hammer. But somewhere along the line, some evangelist came in, some preacher came in, he started giving them the Word of God, and God done something in that because that evangelist was just being obedient, and God started moving in that church. The Holy Spirit started convicting, and there started a great shaking. The Holy Spirit started convicting people, and during that revival service, those people started hitting the altar and say, God, I've failed you, I've sinned against you. Jesus, clean me up. So that I can be exactly what the Father would have me to be. And during that time, this, this old demon that had been there over 30 years watching over has sat back. He's not had to do one thing because they ain't hit a lick of a snake. Hadn't had to do one thing. But during that revival service, God started putting things back in order, started getting people's hearts right with Him. They started moving through repentance. And what happened, all of a sudden, uh, that old demon woke up and said, "Uh uh-oh, something's got stirred up here. This don't look like it always has. I hadn't had to do anything. They were so dead, I didn't have to disrupt anything. I better get back to hell. We're going to have to form an attack. We're going to have to attack them to hold them down. Because God's starting to move. He runs back into hell. He tells Satan, something's done went on down here at Dry Bones Baptist Church. Something's done went on that I've never seen before. And they're getting turned loose there. We better attack. And by the time that Satan mounted that attack, King Jesus had done took his people. He had done took a church that loved him. And they had done stood up and there a great exceeding army awaiting him. And they took the sword of the Spirit and they attacked Satan where he was at. And they drove him back into hell because we have victory in Jesus Christ. We have victory. I don't have to stand here today and be defeated by anything Satan does. No, I'm to take the sword of the Spirit to attack him. Attack him. Attack him. And I'm going to win. Not with my power, not with my authority, but His. Would you not want to be a church that's just that way? That God would say, I have formed up, I have set in place, I have convicted and I have seen repentance and I have my people that has come back to me and they're standing right here waiting my orders right now to lead Drew County, to lead the state of Arkansas, to lead this world to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. An exceeding great army, Calvary, let's be it. Would you not want to be a part of a church like that? I don't think anyone's like, I don't know that. I'm going to have to leave here. Well, if that's your heart, you need to.
you don't want to be a part of that, you need to leave. Call me and I'll try to lead you to the Lord tomorrow. Man, wouldn't that be great for us? Wouldn't it be great, not for our benefit, just to be able to see God move? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you today. I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you care about us. I thank you that you want to use us. Lord, I know I've failed you. I've been a huge problem. And I confess that. And Lord, I know that under the authority of the blood of Christ, you remove sin as far as the east is from the west. And I plead for your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. Lord, I want to be the pastor of a church. I want to be the kind of pastor that wants this for our people. Lord, I want to be the pastor of a church that our people want this for a church. So, Lord, I pray a great work. Start at Calvary. Not for our benefits, but for your glory. Not that we build numbers, but we advance the kingdom. And whether we're ever recognized in anything, Lord, so let it be. Use us. Lord, if there's someone here that has unconfessed sin in their life, Lord, and repentance is needed, Lord, I pray that you just move in their heart through the Holy Spirit and he would convict them of that wrong and they get it right today. Lord, if there be one here today that doesn't know you, through the free pardon of sin, that today through the moving of the Holy Spirit, the drawing of the Holy Spirit, that they would just say yes to Jesus today. And I ask all these things in your name. Amen.